Yo, sometimes life calls for a change. Not fake, just different. It'll show you a different way. And right now, I'm on to my different way. I can promise you this is the same span, but the reporting is over. I'd like to welcome you to the Mr. Span Official Podcast. Let's go. Everybody. Welcome to the Mr. Span Official Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Span, and this is number this is episode number uh nine of the show, man. We're nine episodes deep into this, man, since we've departed from the Span Report podcast and decided to do some things differently around here. But uh yeah, man, it's been a couple weeks and shit since I talked to y'all, man. There's been a lot of things going on in life, a lot of things going on in the news and whatnot. And we're gonna talk about quite a few of those things that have been happening since uh, the last time I talked to y'all, we're not going to dwell on a lot of it because some of this stuff is old news, but then we're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of things that are going on currently as well, right? But of course, before we get into all of that, I do have to remind you guys how to get in touch with us over here at the Mr. Span Official Podcast and let your voice be heard. You can go ahead and hit us up at our hotline at area code 313-288-0485. That's area code 313-288-0485. Leave us those voicemail messages, and of course, those messages will get played here and responded to here live on the show. Uh, you can also email us here at feedback at the spanreport.com. That's feedback at the spanreport.com. Go ahead, leave us those emails, and of course, those emails will get ready here and reply to here live as well, right? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, on both of those platforms, my name is Mr. Underscore Span. So go ahead, follow me there throughout the week. Also, leave us a five star review on uh, iTunes, on Stitcher Radio. And on Spotify, right? Because we're on Spotify, man. Spotify allows you to leave reviews and stuff like that. So we would appreciate if you go ahead and leave us a review on those. Uh, we really appreciate everybody who goes about the minutes of doing that. Doesn't cost you a dime. Just a couple minutes of your time to let everybody know why you're rocking with us over here at the Span Report Podcast Network and the Mr. Span Special Podcast specifically, right? Also, uh, you can go to our website. Uh, com. you go there you can watch replays of the show you can vote in the polls when we decide to put those polls up uh, you can donate to the show as often as you like as much as you like and of course we really do appreciate every dime over here at the Mr. Span Official Podcast and the Span Report Podcast Network man real talk so yeah man we got to get that on out of the way man get that out the way right up front right but uh, first of all man I know like I said it's been a couple weeks since last time I talked to y'all I hope everybody's feeling good I hope everybody's feeling well man this is Cinco de Mayo weekend you know what I'm saying so you had a whole bunch of folks out here they were drinking their tequila they was they was they was they were smashing back tacos man and as someone who loves tacos this is a really good time right you know what I'm saying? this is a really good time and if you ever needed an excuse to go out and get you some tacos some some legitimate mexican tacos man now was the time and i'll never forget i was lucky enough as a high school student man to go to uh guadalajara guadalajara jalisco mexico man on like a uh like a, it was a, a student 
uh, study trip, right? And I did this in my senior year of high school, man. We were down there for like a week and whatnot. And I will never forget, it was a couple of things that happened while we were down there, especially when concerning the food. First, there was this like this taco truck that was right outside of our hotel that uh, had these amazing amazing steak tacos right and like the exchange rate down there was like it was something crazy like i think it was like 10 pesos for every dollar so if you went down there with like a hundred dollars you had like a thousand pesos you were stretching your dollar quite a bit when we were down there right and so uh me and my partner um my uh rest in peace man my man uh princeton and uh my boy dilla man we was down there shout out to sherman dilla thomas man we was down there and man we was killing the steak tacos down there, man. The steak tacos were mm, chef's kiss, man. Real talking. They was coming off of this taco truck, man. We was getting that shit every night, man. And I'm gonna tell y'all right now, when we were down there, I swore off Taco Bell for the better part of like 10 years, bro. Like I didn't, I didn't want didn't want no parts of no goddamn tacos if they wouldn't like some legitimate Mexican tacos, man. Real talk. So for all of y'all who are out here for Cinco de Mayo, getting y'all tacos on, getting y'all tequila on, man. God bless y'all, man. I know it's, you know, it's it's the seventh and shit now, but I know a lot of y'all was out there. You know what I'm saying? And you know how I know it was a lot of y'all out there? Because it was a whole bunch of niggas who, who just couldn't wait, nigga, just couldn't wait to be like, man, look at y'all niggas, man. Look at y'all. Y'all ain't even Mexican, man, out there trying to eat tacos and drink tequila, man. That ain't even your heritage, man. Y'all, I can't, I, I bet I bet y'all won't be wearing dashikis and whatnot when it comes to, you know, Juneteenth, man. I don't see y'all out here celebrating Juneteenth. I don't see y'all out here celebrating Kwanzaa, man. And I'm going to tell y'all this right now, bro, real talk. For all of y'all who got a problem with somebody who's out here just, like, looking for a reason to just, just go have a good time and you find reason to like try to shit on them having a good time man fuck you right <laughs> just, just just fuck you man like mind your business why is it like why do we like well not we but why there why are there certain ones among us who feel as though it's their job to police the the amount of fun that everybody else is having, right? Like, I feel like every time I hear one of you niggas say that, it's, 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 it's like this, man. It's just, oh, yeah. what happened to your There is powerful niggardry at work here. It's powerful, man. It's powerful. Let people have a good time, man. I mean, with all of this shit going on in the world, bro, with all the shit going on in the world, I think people have the uh, the the license to go like, "Hey, man, I don't need to. I really shouldn't have to have an excuse to go try to have a good time and like forget my problems for a little bit." If I'm listening to some salsa music, man, or if I got if they got the uh, uh, the mariachi band going on or whatnot, yeah, man, I will fuck with that. I will fuck with that. It seems like a good time, man. Let people have a good time, man. Stop policing everybody's shit, bro. So that's going on, man. Cinco de Mayo, man. You know, happy Cinco de Mayo for all y'all who like who partook and shit. I slept. <laughs> I slept, man. I, I I had the day off, and then um, I I I I slept. So that was that's what I did. But uh, yeah, man, we got that going on now. Uh, there was a few other things that have happened since the last time I've been on the mic, man. Uh, so apparently, uh, Fox News had been uh they, they had been sued by dominion voting systems and whatnot and um they were about to go to court they were about to take that shit to trial and right before they took that shit to trial you know fox news was like ah shit mm, i don't know man i don't know if that's what we want to do i don't know if that's what we want to do how about we get y'all a little bit of money and we shut the fuck up how about we get y'all a little money and we shut the fuck up and that's exactly what fox news did because they settled with dominion voting systems to the tune of 787.5 million dollars yeah they settled 
They settled. They, I mean, like, here's the thing, though, right? And I, 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 I knew that, um, like, when they did settle, I was kind of salty. I'm not going to even lie. I was kind of salty. I'm like, man, why y'all, why y'all let them, like, nah, motherfucker, like, put their ass on blast. Like, that's how a lot of motherfuckers felt. Like, put their ass on blast. I want to see them in court. I want to see these damn Fox News hosts say that they didn't really believe the shit that they were saying. I mean, I know we saw the text messages and stuff like that, but I wanted their listeners, I wanted their fucking viewers to see that they knew that they was on the fucking air lying like hell in front of everybody, bruh. I wanted them to see that, right? So, and then on top of that, like, yo, 787.5 million dollars you'd be like I, I i ain't gonna lie i felt like this man and i'm not one to pocket watching motherfucker but i felt like yo man fox news got it they could they could afford to lose you know 787 million. <laughs> you know i i felt like man like it's like yeah like i i really felt this though like it wasn't like they were really being punished enough. I, I felt like, yo, they y'all sued them for 1.6, baby. Go ahead, try to get you. Hey man, y'all got them by the barrel. Y'all got to y'all got to y'all foot on they on on their neck. Go ahead and take them for all you can get. And they took 787.5 million dollars, right? Now, the other thing that I think that a lot of folks had issue with was the fact that uh although Fox News, you know, had pretty much been proven to have been lying on air about Dominion voter systems changing votes and uh, rigging the election for Joe Biden. A lot of folks kind of felt as though, like, yo, man, y'all should have, like, y'all had them, uh, you know, neck against the wall, man. Y'all could have kept your foot on the neck. Y'all could have made them go make, you know, do an on-air apology. And I knew an on-air apology wasn't coming when, like, you started hearing the Dominion voting systems folks start saying, well, well, you know, we were we were, we were about holding them accountable. And $787.5 million is a, is a hell of a lot of accountability. And like, oh, yeah, so they're not going to apologize for shit. They're just going to keep doing what they're doing, right? But then, then, what did Fox News go out there and do? These motherfuckers went out and they, they fired their top New well, he's not even a news host, opinion host, Tucker Carlson, like not even a week later. It was just like, you know. And not only did he get fired, but I'll be damned if Don Lemon didn't get walked out the door too. So it was like, God damn, like they firing everybody. It was like the red wedding and shit on, on Game of Thrones. You know what I'm saying? It was like, like the red wedding on Game of Thrones is happening in the news business, man. People was getting chopped up left and right up over there, right? And like it was weird because, um, you know, like it, I mean, we all know that Tucker Carlson is a racist piece of shit. Like anybody who's been paying attention to any of this stuff knows that Tucker Carlson is a racist piece of shit. But like, um, like when they were talking about the reasoning why Don Lemon got fired was because he was pushing back on this, uh, this right wing. Uh, presidential candidate. I'm not sure what his name is. I'm I'm not feeling like I need to really look this motherfucker up because uh, he was talking some bullshit about how the NRA was uh, how the NRA was uh, instrumental in getting black people rights in the 1960s. And like, first of all, yeah, because I here's here's the deal. As someone who was a former NRA member, right? It was. Uh, it was after further research that I did on the NRA when I started like kind of like, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to associate with this shit anymore. And, um, I can remember reading up on the Mulford act of 1967, where the NRA was instrumental in, uh, trying to get more gun control where, uh, you know, the black Panthers back in the day, one of the things that they used to do was they would, um, 
they would patrol police in the Oakland area, right? They would patrol the police. They would, you know, they would actually kind of watch and observe what they were doing, and they would carry their, their, their rifles out in the open, which was illegal in California at the time. And the NRA was instrumental in pushing forward the Mulford Act to get that that uh to 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 pull back on the, the the black panther's ability to carry firearms out in the open and so it's been very like you know interesting where you know we talk about the nra today where the nra is like very adamant about there not being any sort of gun legislation or gun regulation in in terms of you know background checks how you or how you carry uh whether or not you need a license to carry a gun out in the open all these things right and so for Don Lemon to get fired for essentially, supposedly, supposedly. I mean, I know they've been they've been like kind of leaking stories about Don Lemon for months now, but uh, for them to fire him because he was pushing back on the idea that the NRA was instrumental in black folks getting rights in the 1960s, like get the fuck out of here, right? So, um, yeah, man, you you had a lot of that shit going on, like people was losing their jobs in the news and shit, man. It's been crazy, you know. What was another thing that kind of happened while I was away? Oh shit, that's another thing that happened. Um. So uh, we find out that uh, not only has Clarence Thomas been a coon, I mean, we already knew that. He been, <laughs> he been, but he been a bought and paid for a coon because apparently some dudes named Harlan Crow been paying for this motherfucker's mama's house. He been paying for this motherfucker going on vacations. He been paying for his nephew to go to school. Harlan Crow then bought himself a Supreme Court justice. I'll be a monkey's bare-assed uncle. How do you buy a Supreme Court? You know how much money you got to have to be able to buy a Supreme Court justice? Shout out to uh, uh, Roy Wood Jr. Because he talked about this at the uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. When he said <laughs> he, he was talking about how like rich people are always just finding some new shit to buy. And he, <laughs> and he bought Supreme <laughs> he bought uh Clarence Thomas and he like you know you only got two in stock Clarence Thomas Harlan Crow Harlan Crow owns half of the inventory of black supreme court justices yo man first of all shout out to uh, to 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 uh to uh, uh Roy Wood Jr man i can remember listening to Roy Wood Jr man doing um like prank calls man on the radio bro and like you know he's been on podcasts of folks that i know like uh over uh the black guy who tips he's been on there quite a few times man and like he's now a, a correspondent on the daily show so for him like and, and for those of you who aren't familiar to see roy wood jr like get the flowers that he's been long overdue for man it's been great to see to him get the notoriety and the recognition that he deserves and he delivered like a motherfucker that white house correspondence dinner man real talk but um yeah man like Clarence Thomas out here crooked in the motherfucker, right? Like, I mean, I know a lot of people kind of figure, you know, um, you know, the Supreme Court has some, you know, credibility issues, you know, considering like how some of those people even got their seats, you know, especially when a couple of them feel like they were stolen, you know, and then you got um here's the other thing that's weird about it though, right? So the uh the Supreme Court, you know, the 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 Chief Justice John Roberts of the Supreme Court was asked to come to the Senate. Uh, 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 Judiciary Committee by Chairman uh, Dick Durbin, Senator out of Illinois, and he's basically like, "Yo, man, y'all need to y'all need to implement some rules for the ethics, man. We need to get y'all to like not be able to accept these kinds of gifts and like trips and you know, you know, money up under the table because they found out Clarence Thomas' wife was getting money under the table from some other like lobbyists and shit. It's a whole bunch of stuff going on." And Dick Durbin was like, "Yeah, man, you need to come before us and we could talk about y'all getting some new rules and stuff like that." And you know what? <laughs> uh, Justice uh, was that uh, John Roberts said he like, "No, nah, we good. We I think we got a handle on this over here." We ain't <laughs> I think we got a handle. I was like, no, nigga, you don't. <laughs> you don't. 
<laughs> y'all crooked as shit, right? And to a certain degree, man, I think quite a few folks are just like, man, I think we're surprised not only by the level of corruption, but also the level of the lack of accountability for the said corruption, right? So, um, yeah, man, it's been a lot of shit. It's been a lot of shit going on uh, since the last time I talked to y'all now. Um, some things that have kind of happened over the course of this weekend, though, like these are things that are new. Right, we got we got some new shit that we can talk about now. I think we kind of all caught up on the other shit, but we got some new things to talk about now. Apparently, excuse me. Apparently, there was a birthday party in Las Vegas, y'all, and uh, Chris Brown and Usher were involved in a tussle that involved Usher's nose getting like bloody the fuck up and shit. we get this story here this comes out of uh hiphopdx.com all right uh it says uh, chris brown and usher have performed at the lovers and friends after lovers and friends after the talented singers got into an alleged brawl over an argument i'm gonna need them to like really proofread they shit before they post stuff <laughs> friends after the talented singers got into an alleged brawl over an argument tayana taylor and brown were having on Saturday, May 6th, prior to his performance, Usher posted a variety of videos on his Instagram story and took fans behind the scenes to show how his set came all together. What was noticeable about the 44-year-old singer's face is that it was visibly untouched after it was reported that he suffered an array of injuries after the melee he had with his fellow R&B comrade and his crew. Chris Brown also took the stage and appeared to be in great spirits as well. Other popular acts that performed include Mariah Carey, Buster Rhymes, J Nelly, Janae Aiko, and Bryson Tiller, to name a few. Chris Breezy and his crew were accused of assaulting Usher at a roller rink party that Usher threw for Brown's 34th birthday on Saturday. When reports of the alleged assault first surfaced, both Brown and Usher began trending on Twitter, and while the initial details of the alleged assault were murky, TMZ ultimately confirmed that an altercation did indeed take place between the two artists. In the video posted by the outlet, both artists were at the skate CD roller rink in Las Vegas with their respective crews when Brown started trying to talk to Tiana Taylor, who was there with Usher. Taylor turned to her, turn her head and refused to chat him up. This rejection made the run it singer super angry and he began yelling at the actress and singer. Now, here's the thing, right? I, uh, one of the things about stories like this and one of the things about how we talk about these sorts of things on social media, there was such a vacuum of information that people were just kind of making shit up as they went, right? Um, I saw, uh, you know, the... Like there was very little video. Like there wasn't any video. We saw like even the stuff that they were showing on like TMZ and stuff. But like yeah, they saw like you saw Tayana Taylor pretty much like maybe ignoring Chris Brown and Chris Brown like maybe said something to her and going away and like Usher kind of following behind him a bit. But like after that, you really don't know what the fuck happened. And so it gets to a point where like I know blogs, I know and even like you know Hip Hop DX these these sorts of outlets, you know. One of the things that they thrive on are the clicks, man. <laughs> are the clicks. If they can get us to click on their shit, they get the revenue, they get the attention, they get all these. This is the game, right? So, um, it, it, all the all of the the rumors were just kind of uh, were just kind of you know just like blowing this shit out to where like, damn, did they really get into a fight like that? And then they go and they perform for the Lovers and Friends Festival and stuff like that. And they were like, yo, man, Usher's face looked like he, nobody touched it. And Chris Brown went out and they performed and everything else. Now, the other part about it is this, is that, um, you know, you've got Chris Brown who has a reputation for uh, violent outbursts, right? Uh, you've had, of course, everybody knows about 
uh, his 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 thing with uh, Rihanna, supposedly, you know, his, allegedly, or however that shit goes. Um, the the fight between he and Rihanna when they were younger. Uh, then you have the the things that were going on between him and Karuche, um, where she, uh, I think she put, took out a restraining order on Chris Brown. And then here's another instance where Chris Brown is, you know, verbally, supposedly, allegedly, verbally assaulting another woman. And people are like, yo, man, if this is a, a pattern with Chris Brown. Like, here he is. Uh, 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 being in a you know a violent altercation with yet another woman, and everybody keeps like giving him a pass. Like the like, even in this instance, um, it's a birthday party thrown by Usher, and then you got Bow Wow, you got Mario, you got to, people like like yo, and why are y'all still associated with this dude, this that and the other? Even I mean Drake did a a, a video and a, a, a collaboration with him and everything, and people are really upset with the fact that any of these people will even still associate with Chris Brown at this point. I don't know, um, like to the extent, um, what this particular incident entailed. I don't think any of us know, right? I think uh, what happens with social media and the way a lot of things are framed, man, we, we can kind of fill in our own blanks and oftentimes we do. And when we can fill in our own blanks and we already come in with our preconceived notions of who a person is and what they're capable of and what they've been accused of doing prior to, uh, we 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 could take that story and like okay so this is what it is right we this is clearly your pattern like Chris Brown is the is the is the common denominator of it um, you know it, it's 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 interesting how uh, you know a story with very few details very few details had a lot of folks filling in the blanks themselves and I, I think we saw a lot of that happening over the course of the last. 24 hours uh since this story just kind of like you know was trending on twitter and everything else now one of the things i thought you know because there's humor and you know unfortunately there's humor in a lot of these things right uh someone yesterday on twitter called uh chris brown a coked up virginia slim and i swear to god i was laughing about that shit for the better part of three hours bro like <laughs> And it was funny to me because I didn't realize that the nigga was really from Virginia. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like a coked up Virginia Slim. And I was like, oh, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? It hit me delayed. I had a delayed reaction to it. But yeah, man, you got that going on, man. Chris Brown allegedly out here beating up R&B legends. Usher, man. Now, this is the verses. I know Chris Brown and Usher is supposed to be doing the verses. And this is the other part about this too, right? Because again, like I said, we're talking about how people fill in the blanks, right? These guys are supposed to, you know, face off in a versus battle uh, pretty soon. Um, maybe this is a promotion for the versus, right? They promoting this shit like WWE or something. Who the fuck knows, right? But like, again, because these this story had so few real details, man, you know, people were just kind of filling in the blanks uh, about how they went about doing their thing, right? So that's going on. Now, another story that we had here that's... Uh, this is uh, still like a, a developing story. But uh, yesterday, unfortunately, there was another mass shooting. It was it happened in uh, Dallas, Texas, I believe. Yeah, uh, no, Allen, Texas. And um, I think they said uh, yeah, a gunman killed eight, eight people. I'm going to read the story here. This comes out of The Guardian. It says uh, a gunman killed eight people and wounded seven others, three critically in a shooting at a mall in Allen, Texas, before fatal, being fatally shot by a police officer who happened to be nearby, authorities said. Dash cam video that circulated online showed a gunman step out of a vehicle outside the mall and immediately start shooting at people on the sidewalk. 
More than three dozen shots could be heard as the vehicle recording the, vi the vehicle recording the video drove off. Allen Fire Chief Jonathan Boyd said seven people, including the shooter, died at the scene. Nine victims were taken to area hospitals, but two of them died. Three of the victims were in critical condition Saturday evening, Boyd said, and four were in stable condition. An Allen police officer was in the area on an unrelated call when he heard shots at 3.36 p.m. The police department wrote on Facebook, uh, the officer engaged the suspect and neutralized the threat. He then called for emergency personnel, the agency wrote in a Facebook post. Uh, witnesses reported seeing children among the victims, right? And so, of course, uh, when we have instances like this happen, um, one of the things that, you know, of course, everybody knows is that uh, the, the talk goes into uh, how we can better control mass shootings, right? Or to eradicate mass shootings. And um, it's interesting, like, one of the things, here, here's the thing, like, for, you know, for someone in my position who does exercise my Second Amendment right, right? Like, one of the reasons why I do it is because of not only someone like this, but also uh, because of the political nature of what's going on in the world right now, uh, because of how I feel about um, some of the, the racist and uh, fascist sort of activists who are active and uh, being more and more emboldened. Um, yeah, I, I feel as though I, I will use every tool available to me to protect me and my family for those sorts of, uh, for those sorts of events, right? Not only that, but it's like on some, you know, my home and everything else, right? Uh, but at the same time, I am someone who believes, as someone who carries a gun daily, uh, that you should be licensed to carry a gun daily, that you should be forced to learn the laws of what it means to carry a gun, that you should be forced to learn how to uh, operate your weapon, that you should be forced to learn how to disassemble and reassemble and clean your weapon safely, that you should be made to uh, recognize the immense responsibility that it comes with carrying a firearm. And in many of these states, right, many of these are Republican-leaning states, and we, the, you know, the NRA has been very instrumental in kind of rolling back some of the, the, uh, the regulations concerning, you know, not only just owning a firearm but carrying a firearm, is that um, they want there to be no regulations whatsoever, that just simply because they believe suddenly that the uh the the second amendment and they 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 lean on the shall not be infringed part of it they always ignore the you know uh well-regulated militia and you know part of it but like you got states like texas you got states like arizona i believe you got states like florida as well and i, I want to say tennessee is another one of those states as well uh where they you don't need even you don't even need a permit to carry a weapon uh concealed or otherwise, right? I know here in Michigan, Michigan is a considered an open carry state. But uh, if here in Michigan you are carrying a weapon openly, there's chances are it's one of two things. One, you don't even have a license to carry concealed, in which so if you are going to carry, you have to carry it out in the open. If you don't have a license to carry it concealed, and two, um, you got some of these folks who are on some constitutional carry stuff, and you know they believe that they should just be able to take any kind of weapon into any kind of setting, no matter how fucking awkward or you know weird they look doing it. Right? The one thing about 
open carry that I've always thought was foolish is that you just draw attention to yourself. And if anybody felt like they wanted to do something, the first thing that they would do, they would take your ass out because you present the most immediate threat to everybody, including someone who would possibly, um, you know, want to do harm. Right. So, um, I say all that to say things like this in Texas, which it seems to be happening more and more in Texas because they have rolled back so many regulations and restrictions on what it means, to, you know, on, on carrying a firearm. Uh, you know, I mourn for those families who are, you know, losing a loved one this weekend. Right. I hate what happened for those people. Um, I don't think that, we enforce the laws that we do have enough, right? Like the, I, I do think that we should uh, close the gun show loophole. I do think that we should have uh, some level of uh, mental health uh, evaluations when it comes to folks owning and carrying firearms daily. I do think uh, that we should make folks who want to carry a gun on out in the open and out in person, you know, out in public. I do think that they should have to go through classes and, and training in order to be able to do that. Uh, no one should just be out here all willy nilly with the gun on them. They just shouldn't. Right. And I know a lot of the, the people on the right would say, well, you know, criminals ain't going to do none of that. Okay. So if I'm not a criminal, then I, what that got to do with me, right? You want to do shit the right way. Then you do damn it. Do shit the right way. Follow the fucking rules. You're not a criminal, right? Follow the fucking rules. Because these sorts of things happening, like they're happening on a more consistent basis. And every time it's like a, it's, it's like a cycle, man. Like we have the mass shooting happen. And then everybody says, you know, thoughts and prayers to the family. And then everybody says we need to do something legislatively. And then the Republicans, you know, by and large will say, well, yeah, we, we can't really do anything because it shall not be infringed thing. And then we just recycle the whole shit all over again. And we're right back where we were. Right. And it's at, as someone who, carries a gun like i'm sick of this shit i'm sick of this shit i wish that we would be more common sense about allowing everyday people to walk around with deadly weapons right i really wish we would i really wish we would i think that um I think it's sad. I think it's, it's extremely sad that we continue to see shit like this and very little ever really happens legislatively. And until, uh, until we can actually get a legislature in many of these States and, you know, not only just the States, but you know, in the Congress and, you know, in the Senate and in the house of representatives until we can actually get some level of, uh, uh, um, responsibility from them. We'll be we'll continue to deal with the same the same level of nonsense, man. So, yeah, but yeah, nine people dead, and for what? It makes no sense, man. It makes no sense. But that's that's going on, man. Now, um, you know what? Let's kind of uh, let's kind of <laughs> let's kind of move over. Let, let's move over into something a little bit more uh, a little bit more light, right? A little bit more light. So, um. 
over this course of this last weekend, man, there was a, a story that happened that kind of went viral. And it was involving a sister by the name of Ebony K. Williams. Now, of course, if you're not familiar with Ebony K. Williams, she is an attorney. She is a television host. She is a, I believe she's a former cast member on the Real Housewives franchise. Uh, and she was being, in, well, she was interviewing Ayanla Van Zant on a new show. I believe it's on the Griot TV or something like that. And she was asking Ayanla Van Zant about essentially what, more you know i guess what sisters need to do in order to get themselves a man and so i'm going to pull this video up so you guys can watch right along with me let me pull this up let me share my screen real quick here all right and let's uh well first of all let's do this all right all right i'm gonna share this with you guys and hold on let's add that all right do this here boom all right, let's see what she's talking about, y'all. I know that you've said that you cannot teach a man or tell a man how to be a man. So I will not ask you to indict men in this question. But I do want you to speak, Ayanla, to how women need to, uh, I don't know, position ourselves so that we can be in our divinity, so we can have our crowns right, how we can create and not build when some of us, quite frankly, feel that the men that are available to us, and I'm talking about across the color spectrum, across the age spectrum, trust me, I've done them all, um, they are not positioned to protect nor provide because of some of the statistics we just talked about. They're not earning the incomes. They're not having the resources, and some of them are not even showing up in the leadership. Would you date a bus driver? You. Would you date if a bus If he owns the bus. If he owns no. it, if he owns the bus, See, that's, owns a problem. that's a problem. That's a problem okay. because the standards and requisites, and I'm not talking about him laying on his sofa playing video games all day. <laughs> I'm not talking about mm -hmm. that, but the standards and the criteria that we use to measure men is off for who mm -hmm. we are as women and who they are in this society. I would date a bus driver mm -hmm. if he was, if he loved driving the bus, if he was a man of integrity, if he was good to his mama, if he treated me well, I would date a All right. So that video in particular set the uh, set the Internet on fire. Right. And so uh, Ebony K. Williams, one of the things I thought was interesting about that was she as a matter of fact, hell, let me let me just restart that. Let me see what exactly you said that you cannot teach him. Because here's the thing I want to I want to remember, like how she framed this, because it's going to be important later on man or tell a man how to be a man. So I will not ask you to indict men in this question. But I do want you to speak, Ayanla, to how women need to, uh, I don't know, position ourselves so that we can be in our divinity, so we can have our crowns right, how we can create and not build. When some of us, quite frankly, feel that the men that are available to us, and I'm talking about across the color spectrum, across the age spectrum, trust me, I've done them all, um, they are not positioned to protect nor provide because of some of the statistics we just talked about. They're okay. Uh, these men are not in a position to protect nor provide. Protect and provide. Not earning the incomes. They're protect, provide, earn the income. Not having the resources, and some of them are not even showing up in the leadership not having the resources and showing up in the leadership. Okay. So 
here's here, here's what I thought was very interesting about that. Before Iyanla even asked her about dating a bus driver, right, was how Ebony Williams, Ebony K. Williams, I'm sorry, um, framed this discussion, right? This is about the men having the resources, they're having the income, have the, the, the ability to protect, to provide. And, and, and those are the things that, that this is how she laid this out, right? And then Iyanla asked her about being, you know, when she dates the bus driver and everything else. Everybody in their mama jumped on Ebony K. Williams for the fact that she said that um, she would date the bus driver if he owned the bus, right? Now, truth be told, Ebony K. Williams has every right in the world to feel how she feels about whether or not the man she wants to date is the bus driver or the man who owns the bus or the, or the bus company, right? She has every right in the world to feel that way. And I don't think anybody is like, you know, uh, in any position to like make anybody else feel bad about their preference and whom they want to be with, right? I think we need to say that shit right off top. You have the right to be with whomever you choose to be with. Date the motherfuckers who like you and the people who are ready and willing to provide if they can, the lifestyle that you want to live, right? She's more than willing. She's more than she's more than within her rights to ask for that. And there was a lot of motherfuckers projecting their feelings about how she feels about the type of man that she feels need, she needs to be with in the providing part of it, right? Now, some of those were would take offense to the fact that she said bus driver and everything else. Now. I'm a, I, I, just on some personal experience type shit, right? My grandfather, my my, my grandmother's second husband, uh, Alan Brown, he drove a bus for 25 years, uh, Chicago Transit Authority. And I can remember granddaddy would essentially go to the store on, on, on the week because he got paid. He'd go to the store, he'd go, get his, he'd go get his old style beer, and he would hand his check over to my grandma. And my grandma would pay all the bills, right? Granny had a house that was paid for. Granny was uh, uh, was driving a Cadillac, and then they traded in the Cadillac for a Buick. I don't know why they did that, but they did. You know, that's what they wanted to do. Uh, he retired. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had a really good life based on my granddad. As a matter of fact, you know, I don't want to put my auntie's business out of the street, but one of my aunts couldn't go to college. You know, she couldn't get the uh, the amount of financial aid. I'm sorry, couldn't. it wasn't that she couldn't go to college. She couldn't get the amount of financial aid to go to the school that she wanted to because they said my grandfather made too much money right so the idea and this is back in like shit granddaddy retired back in like 94 95 or something like that so this is like 30 years ago so it wasn't as if a bus driver wasn't making no money like bus drivers are actually doing pretty goddamn well however we need to talk about these things in the perspective of whom we're talking to, right? So you've got women who are working some, you know, say for instance, you got a woman who works a corporate job, you know what I'm saying? Maybe she is uh, an executive in a company or something like that. She's bringing home six figures. She's doing it on her own. She owns her own house. Uh, she she drives a, a, a late model, you know, luxury car or something like that. And you know, if you were to ask that woman if she would date somebody who's working at McDonald's, chances are that woman would tell you no. Right. And the reason why she would tell you no is like, well, OK, so our lifestyles are a bit different. 
Like I see things a bit different than this man would. And maybe just maybe because of, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll deal with a dude who has some fragile masculinity going on about him, who feels like, man, he's being emasculated simply because his woman or the woman that he's with is making more money than him. Right. So he feels a way about that. He will never be secure. Some of us. Right. Will never be secure in his manhood, in his relationship, if he's with a woman who's making significantly more money than him, right? Now, you got a few brothers who are who are like, man, I don't give a damn about none of that, man. If I love her, she loved me, and we treat each other well, we respect each other, we love, and like, I'm good with that, right? And kudos to those brothers. But there's a lot of brothers out here who really wouldn't necessarily be okay with that, right? And so you put the woman who's working the corporate job, who's making six figures, who has her own house, who has a luxury car, who's and you ask that lady if she's working at McDonald's and she says no. Nobody's telling that lady that she's wrong for feeling how she feels. Right now, Ebony K. Williams in this in this in this particular scenario, Ebony K. Williams is a woman who, again, like I said, she was a, a cast member on The Real Housewives. She's a uh, she's a television host on uh, griot tv she's an accomplished attorney uh, i think she uh, did some a few guest spots on the view like ebony k williams is a pretty established. i think she's an author or some shit like that too right so she's a pretty established woman she's got a, a certain level of uh, uh of income and of th the things that she's become accustomed to right to someone like an ebony k williams the bus driver is like the mcdonald's dude that we were just talking about earlier right so I want I want us to keep this these things in perspective. And so the other part about this was I saw a lot of projecting, man, like even on the, the original because I saw this initially on uh, on Instagram. I saw a lot of projecting. I know a lot of folks were just like, man, but, you know, bus drivers are doing this and, you know, uh, and, and blue collar folks are doing. Uh, trust me, I'm a blue collar worker, bro. I mean, I'm not hurting over here. I'm not rich, but I'm, you know, shit. She can get tight for me over here. It, it can. Right. But I, I, I live a, you know, con considerably more comfortable life than I did, a f you know, quite a few years ago. That's because I'm out here busting my ass, though. Right. I tell y'all all the time how physical my job is and everything else. Yeah, they pay me OK. But at the same time, if I could make the same amount of money that I was doing in my job, if I could do this shit, this podcast and shit right here and make the same amount of money, I tell them to kiss my ass. Right. <laughs> I, I, did, I will dead ass tell them to kiss my ass. But that's not what's happening. Right. So, um. I think what was what tends to happen with a lot of these particular situations is that we start doing the projecting thing. We start projecting our own insecurities. We start projecting our own situations onto these hypothetical situations that have absolutely nothing to do with us. And then if anybody expresses how they feel about the, the type of person that they want to be with, of course, it's going to be a bit discriminatory. You got some people who don't want to be with anybody skinny. You got some people who don't want to be with anybody who's a little bit overweight. You got some people who don't want to be with anybody dark skin. You got some people who don't want to be anybody a little bit too light. You got some people who don't want to date outside their race. You got some people who have no problem with that. And in every situation, you're going to have somebody who may not necessarily share the same preference that you do, finding a problem with the, the, preference, the preference that you expressed, right? So I'm not knocking Ebony K. Williams on her preference. She's more than welcome to her preference. She's, that's her right. However... However, I think I think shit start getting a bit disingenuous a little bit later on, though. 
<laughs> right? I think she started getting a little bit disingenuous a little bit later on, and I'm going to show you guys why. So let me take this here down. I'm going to take that down. And then we're going to, I'm going to pull up another video because of, of course she started getting a little bit of backlash. You know, again, like I said, the thing went viral and because it went viral, um, you know, she, uh, you know, she felt like she had to respond to what was going on. So here's her response to everybody responding to her. So let me go ahead and pull this up here. Boom. And I'm going to do that. And we're going to do this. And here we go. Let's see what she's talking about now. So out of the 50,000 plus comments posted on social, I only saw a handful that even considered the possibility of a bus owner being a more aspirational position and recognizing that I am actually speaking and pouring into the ascension of black men when I said what I said. But see, no, some of y'all were too busy naming and shaming me personally and black women in general as undesirable gold diggers and much worse. Now, I suspect that some of y'all are the same men that were bringing home C's and D's on your report cards, only to then be coddled by parents that said, well, that's okay, as long as you're doing your best. Well, listen, I love and believe in the excellence of black men. So no, my dear, C's and D's or any other form of mediocrity is not okay. No, I will not create a soft place for you or anybody that I love to fall comfortably into the bigotry of low expectations. So I'm gonna say one more time, there's absolutely nothing wrong with driving a bus. My mother Gloria drove one for years. But could it be that black America has been sold a narrative of average, regular, and typical being good enough for us? Hmm. Well, see, that's called white supremacy. And in this case, it takes the form of conditioning black Americans to happily accept being a permanent American underclass. But see, because I know the truth about black folk in America, no, average is not and will never be good enough for me. And the gag is, I don't think it's good enough for you either. Yeah. Um, real talk, I'ma just say this. Oh yeah. There is powerful niggardry at work here. Yeah, that was some bullshit. And I'm a re and the reason why I say it was some bullshit was because now, because she was getting the backlash that she was getting, um, now it, you know it's almost it's almost like this, right? You remember when you would watch Showtime at the Apollo, and somebody would be out there, they were singing a song, and they really couldn't sing the song all that well, and the crowd would start booing them and everything, and then suddenly they would bust out, they would change the song that they were singing, and they'd start singing a gospel song to get the crowd, you know, to get the crowd back on their side. That's essentially what this shit here was, right? Um, to 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 retroactively talk about this being about you were speaking excellence into black men and you were trying not to uh, 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 you know breed mediocrity into black men. It was like no, you were essentially you you were talking about your preference and it was okay for you to talk about your preference, but because you were getting so much backlash now it's about something greater for you right now it's about the mediocrity and then i think that the, the thing that like really you know set a lot of folks off is like now this is becomes a thing about not even so much blackness but about class right about how we deem who's worthy and who isn't um 
you know, again, like I said, I, I gave that anecdotal story about my grandfather being able to work for the Chicago Transit Authority and uh, and retiring after 25 years with a house that was paid for driving a Cadillac and my grandmother being, like being able to pretty much do whatever the hell she wanted. And that was OK for them. No one would have called them mediocre, you know, mediocre. I wasn't mediocre. There's a lot of folks dream to be able to own their own home, own their own car and be able to go on vacations, whatever they wanted, And that's that's OK. Why are we calling that mediocrity? She said her mother was a bus driver for years. Her mother's, you know, labor was what enabled her to go to college and to become the, the you know, the very, you know, accomplished woman that she is today. There was a stepping stone involved in that. So now is your mother now a mediocre person because your mother didn't accomplish the same amount of things that you were able to accomplish? Right. This becomes a class thing. And I think that um, it was a dis is it, it was disingenuous, and she was gaslighting like a motherfucker. And I think here's the thing: like it, it, my man, my man Rod over the the black guy who tips, he says this often: is that we, you know, especially with social media, everybody now has the words to cover up their own bullshit, right? We we all have the words now. We can say a little bit of everything to make whatever bullshit we got coming out of our mouth sound good or sound uh, or, or sound reasonable, sound decent. We all got the words now. And I feel as though like when she started trying to flip this into she's not trying to talk to a black man who's mediocre. Like, you know how many black dudes who have college degrees are working blue collar jobs and are making pretty good money working those blue collar jobs and are you know, they're okay, right? And there's this idea that, you know, we have to be business owners. And this is this is why LLC Twitter gets mocked so often is because everybody believe like there's a certain class of, of, of folk who believe that everybody should strive to be a boss. Everybody got to be the boss. Everybody got to have their own business. You have people who will turn their hobbies into a business to where now their hobby becomes a job. It's not that they do the thing that they do because they love to do it. Now it's like, I got to do this because I got to make some money off of this thing. I mean, although I love doing it, I, uh, it it's, it's, it's now a job. You can't just enjoy the shit anymore. Everybody is on this thing where you got to make money doing every fucking thing. You got to own everything. Yeah. And this, there's a, there's a level of value in ownership in certain aspects, right? There's a level of value in home ownership. There's a level of value in uh and in, in owning your own car, right? Although the, you know the fact that your car depreciates as soon as you take that bitch off the lot, but you ain't worried about how many miles you put on that car. You ain't worried about uh uh, uh whether or not somebody's going to um uh, uh, or ding you on that. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to home ownership, you you know depending on where you buy your home, like you like, hey man, my home is going to appreciate in value. I might be able to sell this bitch and get more money for it than I did when I bought it, right? But when you start doing like everybody has to be a business owner, everybody like LLC Twitter is really big on this. Like there is a place for everyone in the society and everybody can't be the boss. Sorry, everybody can't be them. And that's all right because everybody ain't even really equipped to be that. If everybody was equipped to be the boss, who's going to do the fucking work? Who's going to do the work? Some people take pride in the amount of in, in the work that they do. And they're perfectly okay with that, right? Now, I'm not sure if those were the people who were in Ebony K. Williams's mentions, 
But when she says things like the C and D students, I'm, I know I know a lot of folk, man, where life and circumstances kept them from doing a lot of certain a, a lot of things where, yeah, they might have possibly been in a position of an Ebony K. Williams. But other situations came into play where they couldn't exactly pursue that same thing in the way that Ebony K. Williams was able to pursue that same thing. That doesn't make them less of a person. That doesn't make them less ambitious. They have a harder rate. They may have a harder path to getting there. And they may still be working towards that. But the idea that because you have people working blue-collar jobs, that suddenly they are mediocre, that's classes as shit. And you ain't going to be able to frame that as some pro-black stuff to a whole, a whole lot of people. You're not going to be able to do that. That was some classic shit she said. And she can kind of, you know, gaslight the rest of us into believing that this was about black upliftment. Like, nah, nah, nah. You like a certain type of dude, and that's fine. But don't try to, like, gloss this over and act like you wasn't really just, like, shitting on quite a few folk. Because you were. You were. So I thought that was real interesting. But the other part that I think was interesting is that, like, the conversation didn't end there, y'all. <laughs> the conversation didn't end there. She decided that she had to talk about this on the Breakfast Club. I don't know if they brought her on there specifically for this or whether or not she because I don't I don't watch this show, man. But of course, because of you know our podcast, man, we talk about these sorts of things. You know, I became aware of this particular uh this particular discussion. So she went on the Breakfast Club and I guess she wanted to further explain, I guess, this response. She wanted to further explain this. So let me go ahead and take this down. And then we're gonna uh let's let's do this. Let's stop this. Oh damn, that door just moving on its own. If I didn't know any better, I'd have thought we had a goddamn ghost in this house. But uh <laughs> let's see. Uh which 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 okay, so it's this one here. All right, so let me pull this up so you guys can watch right along with me here. Let's uh, do that, maximize and let's see what they talk average about. Average job and the person that was working the average job that that their their what they do is not as good as what you do. That, that's, that's a projection, that, that's, Envy. No, that's, Envy, that's a projection that's because what, what let, you let know what? I, I let you speak. Go ahead, let go me ahead, talk. Go ahead, yeah. So so when you start. Also, was I projecting just now? I mean, anybody in the comments and shit, you know, like it. Let me know because I mean, I I'm not above <laughs> the shit, right? I am not above it. I understand that I can sometimes be guilty of the same shit I'm criticizing. So if I'm projecting, if you feel like I'm projecting right now, go ahead, and get in the comments, and let me know. But let's go ahead. Start talking about all this, and, and I read the comments just like you did because I wanted to prepare myself when you came up here to, to understand what people were mad about yeah. and what, understand what people were upset about. So when you're talking about all this, this brother this and, and the black man this and the white supremacy this and this, that, and the other, that's all to the side of how you felt about that quote-unquote average job, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'll be honest with you, right? And one of the comments that I said, and, and, and maybe I'm not sure, right? The guy was like, he was like, you talk about all this about lifting a brother up and lifting, lifting this up and white supremacy and, and what you do for our people. And then the first thing the brother said was, but your fiance was white. And I'm sitting there like, how do you talk about how much you uplifting and how much you're going for black people? But that's not necessarily what you're even looking for. Well, first of all, Paging I Dr. Umar, damn. OK, this is something that I think is very important for us to discuss as well. Right. I need us. Excuse me. I need us some of us, to uh, listen, interracial dating doesn't make you less of anything, right? I know some very involved activists. I know some very involved uh, pro-black, so to speak, folk 
whose spouses or significant others so happens to be white, right? It doesn't mean they love our people any less, man. It doesn't, man. And I think we, I think sometimes, you know, it's easy for us to say, well, you know, uh, well, if they loved us the way that they say they do, then they would, they would be dating one of us or they would be married to one of us. I'm like, man, like some of your more significant uh, 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 civil rights uh, uh, legends have been involved in interracial marriages, man. It didn't make their accomplishments. It didn't make their, their advocacy for us any less. Sometimes love manifests itself in ways that you will never really understand. I'm sure they probably wrestled with the idea of being with someone who was of the opposite race when they were fighting for their rights, when they were fighting for our rights, right? So I don't ever want to like I don't ever want us to get into the, the fall into the trap of believing that because someone advocates for blackness and then they, you know, they may marry outside of the race. That doesn't necessarily that that I don't think that negates their advocacy for us. And I don't ever want us to fall into that trap. Let's not skip a beat. Mm-hmm. So I would love to know how you envy know what I'm looking for. Because we never know. had the conversation. I don't so, know. But, but I'm, you asking, just I'm telling you what it. people are saying on comments what I've right. read and I'm, and, and I'm talking for them. I'm not a bus driver. I am, I'm oh, speaking I for, the, for the average person out there because I feel for them because the bus drivers and the average person are what keeps these lights on here on the Breakfast Club. That's right. They keep me, they keep me booking Envy, shows. Nobody is saying, okay, first of all, this is not about you I, booking I'm, I'm shows. Asking, I'm, I'm this just is about you how I feel. So when you shit on the people that no, first ride of all, with me, Envy, ride you're with dead them. ass wrong for framing it as me shitting on them. You don't first think you were shitting no, on them? I know it. First of all, I know it wasn't. I, I think what you're saying right now is irresponsible. I think what you're saying is irresponsible. Envy, I think what you are framing right now in this moment is highly irresponsible because we're I'm going to, if you listen, I'm going to tell you, because if you were to listen to all of the full Yana interview, Mm -hmm. the full sidebar, the full episode of Holding Court, nowhere in any of that commentary did I say a cross or negative word about the working class of black America, of America broadly, or black men. I did hear the, um, I did hear the, the racism of low expectations. And the last time I heard anybody say some bullshit like that was coming out of the mouth of Jason Whitlock. And we all know who Jason Whitlock is, and we know the type of shit that Jason Whitlock espouses. The la- and that was something that came out of her mouth. The, the, the bigotry of low expectations. And to think that anybody who's working a middle class or a, a quote-unquote blue-collar job is somehow less than, yo, man, you, you, you kind of was shitting on them. Like, you can frame it however you want because we got all the words. But that's what she was doing. That's that's just what it was. I'm gonna get to the why was my fiance? Envy, let me finish this statement. Do you know what I'm people feel? I'm going to get to. I'm just because you didn't I don't mean to hurt somebody. Just because you didn't all, mean to affect somebody doesn't mean you didn't hurt a community. I, don't I could say deal anything about feelings. somebody, but like I didn't mean to hurt you. But if you hurt people, you hurt people. If feel if people feel a way about you, they feel a way about you because those people that you talked about are the people that buy your books, that listen to this show, and they're hurt. <sighs> What about, hey, Ebony, Ebony, what about words like uh, no, average, I'm, mediocre, I'm mediocrity, to... typical, and the bigotry of low expectations? I think those that are the words people. that hurt the working class. You can sit here and say, no, I didn't hurt nobody. You hurt people out there Envy. that buy your books and follow you and support you. You asked me but to be quiet. Y'all, please. Y'all asked me to be quiet. I listened to your full statement. I understand you and have a feeling about it. And now that you talked for 22 minutes, and I just spoke for 60 seconds. But she seconds. is here to talk to him. I know, but so I'm not saying. I just spoke We got ours off already. Let Ebony I'm just returning what she said. But don't act like I didn't let her speak. She spoke for 22 minutes. Go ahead, go ahead, Ebony. Let her talk. Don't do that. Let her go. So, Envy, this is where we're different. My primary 
focus and goal when I do what I do in the world is not to, to protect feelings. I'm gonna be candid with you. I understand it's clear from the energy that there is an emotional attack that you felt was on black men, the working class, and black America. I'm gonna hold the space for the hurt feelings around that. But more than I care about hurt feelings, I care about providing my people with facts and information that say that the current way of life for the majority of black Americans is not serving us. I'm going off of the data and the facts. That is, I am not okay, and I don't think it's okay, that the vast majority of black Americans, again, overpopulate, disproportionately occupy spaces that are not ideal, that make us vulnerable, I talked about the COVID, that make us vulnerable to death, disease, maternal health, all the things that y'all that all talk about on this show every day. Now, if y'all are okay with the current positioning of black America, that we are the lowest income, the lowest home ownership, the lowest educated group, then so be it. And let's just, let's just stop talking now and keep on going about our business. Okay. But again, like I said, some of those folks that she's talking about do own their homes. They are in a position to take care of their families. They are in a position to live comfortably, go on vacations and ever and everything else. There's a, there's a whole bunch of people who are out here working uh, a blue collar, quote unquote, blue collar jobs who are sending their kids to college and whatever else. So I think, again, like she's trying to frame this as though she's talking about the greater uh, the, 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 the greater condition of black people. But no, this was this all started from you saying you wouldn't date a bus driver unless he owned the bus. This didn't have anything to do with any of that other shit. And so, like, I think this is why people are calling her out on some of the shit is because, like, yo, that wasn't what you were talking about initially. And you're not about to gaslight everybody else into believing that that's what you meant when you were saying I, I would drive, I would date him if he owned the bus. This ain't had nothing to do with the condition of black people as a whole. This is about her and her take and her choice and who she got, who she decided to date. All these grandiose terms about blackness and the community and who should be and where we should be as a community and all these other things. It didn't, that wasn't what was asked of her. All of these things and now that, that she wants to talk about now is like, all right, I hear you. I don't believe you because this wasn't where we was and this wasn't where it started. And this was about you and your dating choices. Let's, let's bring it all the way back down to the brass tax. This is about you and your dating choices. That's it. All right. So uh, hold on. We got a comment here in the in the in the, in the chat here. Let me pull this up so you guys can see this as well. Uh, this is Greg says, uh, "Damn man, this is my first time seeing her up close. Yeah, I can see her having that Whitlock X <laughs> Whitlock esque vibe, and no span you weren't projecting at all. <laughs> I appreciate that, but <laughs> I don't know what like you know seeing her up close uh, for the first time has to do with <laughs> the Whitlock vibe. But I'm just saying." The last time I saw anybody say some, you know, some stupid shit like that, it was a Republican talking about how, you know, the 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 bigotry of low expectations, and it's usually when they're trying to get black folks to vote for the Republican Party, and we are gonna kind of examine some of that shit a little bit later too. But uh, I appreciate I appreciate you, brother. Um, but yeah, man, like I think like the, these grandiose, over the top ass explanations, like nah, man, you like who you like, and that's fine, that's fine. But don't then try to make this about this other thing when it wasn't. That wasn't what this is about. 
Oops. Ivy, I'm not okay with it. So that is why I said what I said about addressing the bigotry of low expectations. It's the bigotry of low expectations is the reason why I have to submit that black men are now going to HBCUs and college and generally at half the rate of black girls and women. I don't think that's okay. Shouldn't we address the system that put us in these positions? We are addressing the system, but, for, but first we have to name it, Charlemagne. See, that's where people's feelings are getting hurt, is the fact that I am naming it. I am saying that it is not okay to bring C's and D's through the, to, to your home and then expect to go to, on to higher education and acquire a higher skill set. And when you say that, that is hurtful to people, Envy. I'm acknowledging... You know how many HBCUs give folks who bring, who brought home C's and D's an opportunity to go to college, <laughs> right? I'm just saying, like one of the things about some of our HBCUs was that, like, some of these schools were able were were are actually giving folks an opportunity at an, an advanced education, right? And it's not to say that these folks deserve to go to college for having C's and D's or whatever, or, you know, the low expectations of, uh, 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 what's the shit that she said? The low expectations, uh, the, the bigotry of low expectations and all this other shit. But like, yeah, some of these HBCUs were servicing people, giving them a chance, giving them the opportunity to further their goddamn educations. Right. And some folks, when they actually do get to a place where they can get the advanced, not only so much the advanced, but the individual attention that they need, when it came to their education, started thriving in these environments because they had the individual attention that they never got systemically. So while she's talking about I'm naming it, yeah, you didn't you didn't address the systemic shit that was going on. You didn't. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. The pain. But somebody has got to start telling the truth to our people. And some of y'all wonder why you get the political representation y'all get because some folks would rather hear things that make them feel good then understand and hear the things that are the truth. So when, let's talk about average, mediocre, and typical. Because because a lot of people felt a way about it. Well, I looked it up. I Pull did up the service that, of pulling it up out of Marion Webster. So this is not Ebony shitting on anybody, Envy. This is simply to say when you do something average, by definition, it is of typical value. It is normal and it is standard. When you are regular, normal, acceptable, when you are mediocre, that would have people real hot. It means ordinary, medium, commonplace, and moderate. And the bigotry, the, don't forget the bigotry of low expectations. I'm going to get to that. That's an mm -hmm. academic study. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, so those of you that think that's uh, George W. Bush, go do your reading. Go do your reading. But let's talk about those words, Charlemagne. Nothing in there says you ain't shit. Nothing in there says it's bad or low or beneath. They've applied the negative connotation. That, that's words. a projection. And I'm no. What it was, was you said you wouldn't want to be with somebody like that. And that's where the negative connotation to those words came from. Let's not, let, let, let's not play games with it. Let's not, let's, let's, let's not be cute with it. That's what you said. And like I said, when, when, like I said earlier, when we first started examining this, you are more than welcome and more than within your rights to be with whomever you want to be with. No one should ever shame Ebony K. Williams for wanting a man who has, you know, whatever the fuck it is that she requires to be with her. Right. No one should ever shame her for that. I think the thing that pisses a lot of folks off with Ebony K. Williams and this shit here is that now she's trying to cover up all the shit with all these grandiose words and all these grandiose sorts of explanations when, you know, this really boiled down to, yo, you wouldn't marry a bus driver or you wouldn't want to date a bus driver unless he owned the bus that he was operating.
right? That's what this boiled down to. We didn't need you to go on the Breakfast Club and give these, you know, the, like the, this, this long ass dissertations about, you know, the the bigotry of low expectations and you know the C's and D's and your average and all these like stop stop gaslighting people like that, that's the other part about this i think that like i think she thinks that folks don't know what's happening right i think she thinks that people aren't necessarily aware that like yo man this, you, you're going on you you're doing a, a whole lot to explain why you feel the way you do when really it's just about yeah you said some shit that was a little classist and just stand on that. Don't make it about everybody else. You said some shit that was classes, and everybody is like, you know, like, but don't try to make everybody else feel like they they wrong for how they feel about it. In much the same way that I would tell everybody else and not make her feel wrong for wanting the type of dude that she wants, right? Not even even to the point where like if she's dating a white man, what the fuck does that have to do with any of us, right? allow that woman to date that white man if that white man gonna be with her and he's gonna provide the things that she want him to provide that ain't none of our fucking business in much the same way that it's none of our business you know or, or better yet, it's none of her business whom anybody else feels is mediocre or average or whomever else I think that the, the gaslighting is what has been pissing people off when it comes to Emmy K. Williams in this particular story, man. Like, you know, it's it, it, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Like, you like who you like, and that's fine. Like, I I, I had a um, I, I'll say this right. I had an ex friend. I had an ex friend because we're not we. I don't I don't talk to this nigga no more, and I haven't talked to this nigga for years. And it's funny because um. A lot of our our mutual friends from high school will come to me and they will say like, "Yo, you, have you seen this shit this nigga said?" And I'm like, "Nah, I haven't seen it." And they would say something like, and I'm like, "Okay," and like it's not it's not anything that is surprising to me because I'm aware of who he is, right? And he goes off about single mothers every fucking day, right? That was his shtick every fucking day this dude would have something slick or slide to say about single mothers and shit and ultimately at a per at a certain point it's like bro it's you man if you don't like single mothers then damn it don't date a single mother problem fucking solved <laughs> right problem solved you don't like single mothers cool why we got to hear about this shit every fucking day? I feel the same way about him that I feel about Ebony K. Williams and this gaslighting she's doing with the whole thing of the bigotry of low expectations and the, the, the framing of how working a blue collar job isn't enough. Now, again, like I said, to someone of her stature, yeah, a dude who's working a blue collar job, who's probably, you know, someone like myself, who's a pipe fitter, um, yeah, although I do make six figures, probably ain't enough for the six figures, right? That's fine. That's fine. I'm not her target. I'm not the dude that she looking for. Cool. Let her find the dude that she looking for. Leave the rest of us out of it, <laughs> right? Leave the rest of us out of it, right? So, yeah, man, I thought that was something that we, you know, that, that, that deserves some discussion and everything else. I saw 
quite a few folks were talking about it, and I felt like I needed to give my two cents on that shit as well. I think I went a bit longer on that shit than I thought I would, though. It happens. Um, now, I, I want to transition, and let's see, Greg Simpson says, uh, she guest hosted on The O'Reilly Factor and Hannity. She's disingenuous. I know she used to be on Fox News quite a bit. I remember, like, seeing her, because she was one of those folks who would, like, uh, supposedly be, a, like, I guess, like, liberal or whatever, and, you know, she would be one of those folks who would, uh, I suppose, would get balanced, so you know, so to speak. But, you know, like I said, like, again, even with that, man, like, hey, you know, she's she's welcome to like who she likes, but just, just don't gaslight folks, man. People know what the fuck is going on. I like, and people call, and, and a lot of folks are calling her out, and I think that's part of the reason why uh, there were so many different explanations on what she said. Like, I, now she's got to, like, frame this in a way where everybody needs to know that, like, now it's about black upliftment. No, this is about you and your preferences, and that's it. You ain't got to gaslight this and to believe in this is about something any other than the the dude that you, the type of dude that you like, and that's okay. You can like whomever you like, right? <laughs> you can like whomever you like. Just leave us the fuck out of it, right? So, yeah, man, you got that going on. Now, one of the things that I want to kind of close out this show on, man, I, I, I actually gone quite longer than I thought I would tonight. But one of the things that I want, I, I kind of wanted to, um, I kind of wanted to uh, talk about tonight was the fact that um, I had a discussion on Twitter uh, over the course of this week, man. I I've, I don't know exactly how old this person was that I was talking with on Twitter, but it was clearly someone who was, had been born of like, I want to say maybe like post two thousand, so you know maybe they're twenty three, twenty four years old, something like that. Someone who like you know was born at the end of my high school career you know like, like this is someone who um you know they're young uh, they're idealistic and unfortunately about unfortunately for them they think they know a little bit more than they do because they haven't had the lived experience and one of the things i can remember um an uncle of mine told me and, and like low-key it, it took me to get like it took me to get grown, man. It took me to like have my own shit and be out in the house and live the life and stuff like that to me where I realized like, yeah, he was right. Like I remember when I was like, hey, maybe 17, 18 years old, excuse me. But my uncle told me, he said, yeah, your problem is you think you know very goddamn, you, you think you know every goddamn thing and you don't know shit. <laughs> right. And he was right because I hadn't, I hadn't had lived experience. I hadn't lived a life where it allowed me to know, uh, you know, everything that I needed to know. Right. But I think now at, at, at 42 years old, I've had enough lived experience to where I can kind of draw back on not only some past experience, but also, uh, you know, I read a lot and I've observed a lot and it, it has allowed me to kind of frame um, the way I look at the world in a way where I feel like I'm a bit informed. And when I get on this mic and I talk about some shit, I'm talking about it because I feel like I know what the hell it is I'm talking about. Right. And so, um, one of the things he he kind of came at me with, he said, yo, as a matter, let me see if I can pull this. There was a tweet that he sent. He said some shit to me. And uh, let's see if I if I can find it. Because uh, we were talking about my vote for Joe Biden. I did vote for Joe Biden in the last uh, presidential election. And, I, and, and the, the, the tweet that actually kind of spawned this was someone was talking about how uh, when Ice Cube uh, presented his uh, his plan to the Trump administration and how black folks uh you know did away with it you know and he was framing it as though black people didn't know what the fuck they was doing right and it, like i said it was some young folks and um 
I'm trying to find the tweet. He said, okay. Um, can I find the thread? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, you voted for Joe Biden. You aren't smart at all. I just don't see the point of arguing with you when you told when you told you're proud of your poor when you told everybody that you're proud of your poor choices. Now, mind you, my vote for Joe Biden, although it wasn't necessarily the most enthusiastic vote for Joe Biden, it was a vote of political expedience, right? And I think that um, as we come up into these uh, these next presidential uh, elections, uh, we're going to get bombarded with, you know not only just candidates on the left and the right, but you're going to have people questioning whether or not you have the political acumen to be voting the way that you do. One of the things I think is very, uh, I think is um, asinine that a lot of young folks do um, is that they question the political acumen of older folk, right? As if older folk haven't lived a life and haven't been doing this longer than them right who haven't figured out to some degree how some of this shit works and because older folk kind of understand a bit about how this shit works they will make a decision a politically expedient one because based on the choices that are available to them so when we had the 2020 elections there were millions of black folks who made the political decision to vote for Joe Biden because they understood the expedient and existential threat that Donald Trump and the Republican Party presented to black folks. And it wasn't just to black folks, but many other minority groups, including the LGBTQ community, right? Um, how these people were uh, presenting, you know, how, how the Republican Party has been presenting, to, presenting themselves and not only being antagonistic towards minority groups, but being openly hostile to minority groups, right? And we're talking about women, although I know women make up the majority of our population, but somehow like women are considered a minority group. Be that as it may, their rights are under attack. Our, as black folks, our rights are under attack. And the LGBTQ community, their rights are under attack. And these things are happening on a regular basis, right? And so I just kind of want to highlight a, a few of the uh, 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 things that are happening that, yo, man, it's like, yo, if, if you're really paying attention, you understand that like, yo, I don't really have, even if I'm not necessarily as enthusiastic about voting for an 86-year-old Joe Biden, that might be what I got to do in order to keep my right, at least try to keep the attack on my rights at like at arm's length right so one of the first things that we talk about like we're not going to even um this isn't necessarily about um uh, uh um like black rights right but we're going to talk about women's rights right so in idaho idaho has become the first state in the country to decide to uh they want to restrict interstate travel for abortion which means they want to prevent any woman who is a resident of the state of Idaho from being able to travel to any other neighboring states in order to go get an abortion. 
we get this story. This comes out of Forbes. It says Idaho's governor signed up signed a law this week making it illegal for an adult to transport a minor to get an abortion without their parents' consent, making Idaho the first state to limit interstate travel for abortion as Republican lawmakers nationwide continue to limit abortion access. Idaho's governor Brad Little, Republican, signed legislation created a new crime called abortion trafficking which was defined in Idaho's House Bill 242 as an adult helping a minor obtain an abortion or abortion pills without the consent of a parent or guardian by recruiting, harboring, or transporting the pregnant minor within the state. Now, I want you to pay very close attention to this, right? Because in much the same way that Florida, and we're going to talk a little bit about Florida here in a minute. Y'all remember Florida had the don't say gay bill, like not even like maybe two years ago. And they touted this as a way for them to prevent teachers from presenting ideas of uh, sexuality to kids from kindergarten to third grade, right? So you couldn't talk about uh, homosexuality. You couldn't talk about transgender, uh, uh, you know, not, not, not just like sexuality, but, you know, uh, gender identity and things like that. Like you couldn't talk about any of these, these things when it came to kids of kindergarten to third grade. Never mind if that was actually a thing that was happening, right? We don't even want to, like, like, that's the thing. Like, Republicans are very good at creating solutions for problems that don't fucking exist. This is what they do. And so they wanted to talk about, uh, 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 you know, you couldn't do this between kindergarten and third grade. And then, you know, they're like, well, that sounds reasonable. You know, they tried to make it sound reasonable. Well, you know. Ron DeSantis, the Republican governor of the state, has decided to like, hey, we need to expand this to until 12th fucking grade. You can't talk to our kids about any of this stuff all the way up into 12th grade, despite the fact that many of these kids are dealing with these issues and find out who they are while they're in these schools, while they're uh, matriculating and, and trying to find out not only who they are, but who they want to be. You can't even, as a teacher, as a counselor, talk to this kid about this, right? Now, many of these kids are coming from uh, 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 homes that might not necessarily be conducive to the fact that these kids may be gay, that these kids may be having some sort of gender identity uh, uh, issues going on with them. Their parents might not necessarily be receptive to the idea that these kids are feeling this way, right? So they don't feel comfortable talking to their people because they've heard their people talk about these things in a certain way at the crib. So they want to go to someone who they feel comfortable talking to and they can't talk to the teacher. They can't talk to their, uh, 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 they can't talk to their counselor without their counselor having to be uh, without their counselor or their teacher being compelled to tell their parents whom they are already afraid to talk to in the first fucking place. Right. This is what they're doing. And so when you hear in Idaho, they're saying, yeah, you can't go across state lines to go get an abortion, despite the fact that maybe you've had uh, maybe you've been raped. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's a question of incest and you don't want to carry an incest baby. Uh, 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 if anybody facilitates you being able to go across state lines to go get an abortion, to facilitate that abortion, we want to prosecute those folks. Right. So not only are you not available, not only are you not able to get an abortion here, but we want to stop you from getting abortion anywhere. Right. And these are the people who are telling us that they would like, for, I, I'm old enough to remember I'm 42 years old. I'm old enough to remember where the Republican party were the people who were talking about limited government, who were talking about individual freedoms. And now here, here they are trying to limit your movement 
trying to limit what you can learn about, trying to limit where you can go get medical uh, uh, procedures done. Right. This is the current Republican Party. It says because uh, abortion is banned in Idaho, except in cases of medical emergencies. So the trafficking laws backers have cast it as a way of preventing children from traveling to another state where the procedure remains legal to get an abortion without their parents' consent. Planned Parenthood Alliance advocates West called the legislation despicable and said the organization is going to do everything in our power to stop it. Uh, many GOP-led states like Idaho use the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe versus Wade in June as a jumping off point to further restrict abortion access. Stem some states have focused on abortion pill access like Georgia where a bill requiring in-person exams before abortion pills can be prescribed is under consideration these restrictions have led some states to become refugees uh, refuges for people looking for abortion access Idaho's neighbors Washington and Oregon are chief among the states attempting to expand abortion access legislation being considered in Oregon for example would allow abortion providers to provide care to anyone regardless of age man the fact that they have to do this right the fact that they have to do this is crazy. And it's one of the reasons why I would never vote for this Republican party. Why I would never vote for anybody associated with this Republican party because I vote on policy, bro. I don't vote on vibes. I don't vote on feelings. I vote on policy. I have a daughter. I have cousins, I have nieces, I have aunts who may at some point be affected by these types of legislation, this type of legislation. So although I'm not a woman, this affects people that I love and care about. And why would I decide to put the women in my life that I care about in danger by voting for a Republican? Why would I do that? That's stupid. Right. There's another story that we got here. Um, this comes out of uh, Florida. And I, I think I, I just kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, where Florida's expansion of the don't say don't say gay bill passes the Florida Senate, has to DeSantis's desk, which means this is about to become the law of the land in Florida. Right. So it says an expansion of the Florida law. Critics dubbed don't say gay passed the state Senate Wednesday and is on its way to the desk of GOP Governor Ron DeSantis, who is expected to sign it. In a 27 to 12 vote, the Florida Senate passed an expansion of the law that was put into effect last year in the state. The expansion of the parental rights and education measure will include a ban on classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity through eighth grade. Last year's bill only went through third grade. In high schools, teachers will not be allowed to discuss either topic in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for their students. Teachers will also not be able to address transgender students by the pronouns of their choice under the expansion of the law. Now, who the fuck does this really affect, right? What does it hurt to a, for a teacher to address a student by the pronouns for which they, they, they prefer? Who the fuck is that really hurting? This is about control, fam. This is about control. Every day, the Republican Party is out here letting us know that they want to control what it is that you do. That's all it is. Control. And if I'm going to vote for anybody. Why would I vote for someone to try to control a child in that way? And yet they wouldn't do anything. To protect children. From gun violence. 
won't lift a finger to regulate how we carry guns in this country. You got folks who are out here protesting, you know, drag drag queen uh, 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 story hour at libraries. Ain't nobody got killed in no drag queen story hour at the library. But they're going to make you think that this is something that we, this is an existential threat to our children. Get the fuck out of here. That's bullshit. They're going to read a story to the kids. That's what they're doing. You ain't never heard nobody becoming gay or becoming a woman or, or, or becoming transgender because they went to drag queen story hour at the library. Many of you never even heard of or been to a drag queen story hour at the library. It is a solution without a fucking problem. And yet here we are. Well, your kids, your children can't be addressed in the way in which they want to be addressed because the teacher could get in trouble for doing just that. And this is the Republican Party that I'm being called a fool for deciding that I don't want to necessarily vote for. Right. Another story we got here. This comes out of uh, oh, another story come out of Florida. Oh, Florida. <laughs> right, Florida passes a bathroom bill in its latest wave of anti-trans legislation. Uh, okay, so it's not allowing me to read it here. Uh, I already have access, man. Let's, okay, so I guess I got to sign in. Hold on a second, y'all. Let's see if they let me. I already, okay, 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 okay. I already have an account. Go ahead, let me in, baby. <sighs> here we <laughs> Jesus. Okay, I'm a subscriber. Let me in, man. Jesus. All right, here we go. Okay, Florida passes a bathroom bill in the latest wave of anti-trans legislation. Florida's legislature Wednesday pa Wednesday passed a bill that bans transgender people from using many bathrooms and changing areas that match their gender identity on penalty of criminal trespass charges in the latest spate of anti-LGBTQ legislation that has been taken up by the state lawmakers. A small number of Republicans joined the Democratic colleagues in opposing House Bill 1521, which applies to schools, government buildings, prisons, and detention centers, and now heads to the desk of Florida uh, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, who is expected to sign it into law. DeSantis, who has privately indicated that he intends to seek the 2024 presidential nomination has tacked to the hard right on social issues such as abortion as he courts primary voters by showing off his conservative vision for the state and pitches Florida as a blueprint for the rest of the country. Again, why in the fuck would I vote for anybody like that? Right. But also let's keep it a buck. Trans people have existed for a long time, for a very long time. And they always frame the trans bills as something to protect women. Right. They always frame it that way. And they never actually. I it's almost as if trans men are invisible to these people. Right. Can you imagine a trans man who transitioned from a woman to a man who has a full beard, probably works out, looks real good. You know what I'm saying? Like they like they, they, they brolic, you know what I'm saying? But because of these laws. Now you're forcing this trans man to go into the bathroom with these women. You think those women are still going to feel comfortable? Right? Do you think they're going to feel comfortable being in the bathroom with a, a man who transitioned from a woman, but you know, they present as a man and they look very much so like a man. How do you think these women are going to feel being in the bathroom with that person 
considering the fact that although they identify as a man, they're now forced to go to the bathroom with the women because you think that there's a, 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 a ton of dudes who are out here in dresses who want to just go to the bathroom and just be in the bathroom with women identifying as women. What do y'all think the trans people have been going to the bathrooms all these years, right? Where do y'all think they've been going? They've been going to the bathrooms of the, of the gender that they identify with for the longest, for the fucking longest. And yet again, this is an instance of where they want to create, a, they want to present a solution for a problem that does not exist, right? Um, we got another story here. This comes out of, let's see, we got Indiana signs a transgender pronoun bill into law, right? This comes out of the Daily Beast. It says, uh, Indiana's Republican governor. Uh, mind you, this is a threat. This is this is something that keeps happening. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, on Thursday, signed a bill requiring schools to alert parents that their children's acts for a change in their name or pronouns in classrooms. Uh, the bill, which will come into force on July 1, will compel school officials to write to parents within five business days of a student asking to use a new pronoun, title, or word. Uh, the bill also bans instruction on human sexuality for students in kindergarten through third grade. Now, here's the other part that I think is very interesting, right? And I'm going to say this about not only just like the trans thing, but I'm going to say this about the abortions. If you don't want to have an abortion, goddamn it, don't have one. Right? Don't have one. If you don't want to have an abortion, then don't have one. Also, if you don't want your child to learn about sex education or sexual identity or gender identity, if you don't want your child to learn about that, then damn it, exempt your kid. But why is it that you get to determine what all the other kids get to learn? Why is that incumbent upon you? How is your parental rights any more uh, uh, paramount than the parental rights of any other students whose parent, whose, whose kids go to the, who, why is your parental rights more than any other parent whose child also goes to that school? Why are their kids being deprived of that education? Because you decided that you don't want your kid to learn it. That means nobody else's kids should be able to learn this shit either. It's about control. It's about control. And they got all the words, man, in much the same way that Ebony K. Williams had all the words to, you know, explain away her preference. They got all the words to try to explain away their bigotry here. Right? And it's, it isn't just like, you know, we talking about a lot of, you know, the uh, the LGBTQ community and stuff like that. But you think about what's going on with the critical race theory, right? They don't want your children to learn about the actual history and the contributions of black people to this nation. And they're banning books across school libraries, across the South, across the Midwest and everywhere else where the mothers, uh, what was that mothers? Uh, what's the name of this damn group? Uh, um, uh, uh, shit, I'm drawing a blank, but essentially this, this, this group, I think it's like mothers for freedom or some bullshit name they came up with is essentially the new daughters of the Confederacy where they're going to school boards and they are, uh, essentially trying to not only ban books, but also ban curriculums that will make any of these white kids feel uncomfortable. It's illegal in Florida for the kids to learn about anything that will make them feel uncomfortable <coughs> mainly white kids anything that <coughs> excuse me 
but anything that makes the white kids feel uncomfortable. Ooh, hold on a second. I need to take a swig or something. Clear my throat. Jesus. <sighs> All right. But that's what they're doing, man. You can't learn about, you know, Christmas addicts. You can't learn about uh, Mansa Mutsa. You can't learn about Nat Turner and Denmark Vesey. You can't learn about uh, um, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. Except the the sanitized version of Malcolm. Uh, I'm sorry of, of Martin that they want you to learn. And, you know, Republicans love telling you about the content of your skin, not the content of your character, and all you know that sort of shit, right? They love trotting out that, but they don't want to talk about the king who was talking about coming back to get our check, right? So they want to sanitize that. And they want to keep our kids from learning that because it will make white kids feel uncomfortable to learn that, yeah, grandma might've been a racist. Grandma was out there. Like, you know, you see one of the old pictures of the, like the people who was like trying to keep the black kids from integrating the school or something like that back in the day. And then you look up and like, Oh shit, that's grandma. Grandma spitting on a black lady for trying to go to school. Now, Granny got to explain that shit to, you know, to her grandkids or the great grandbabies who like, Grandma, why was you out there spitting on that lady for trying to go to school? That's a very awkward conversation to try to have, right? But you got to have. They don't want their kids to know that. They don't want their grandkids to know that they, they know the grandma was out there or granddaddy was out there out there acting a goddamn fool. Pop Pop, you know, they, they think Pop Pop is great. They don't know Pop Pop was an asshole. But they don't want their kids to learn that. So as we look at, you know, the amount of uh, legislation coming down and as we look at the um, the ways in which, uh, you know, the, the this coming up presidential election is going to go. I want us to be very mindful of the fact that, like, you can bring up any level of criticism towards any politician, right? But I want you to also be very much aware of the legislation that these politicians represent and uh, how that affects you and those around you. Cause it's not just about you, but sometimes we also have to vote for those around us as well. And how those how the, how that legislation and how these politicians are going to affect those of us within our communities and some of those who will be allies to our community and also being allied to others. Right. I think it's very important for us to do that. I think it's very important for us to be mindful of all of these things. So, yeah, I will be an idiot if you think voting for something other than the Republican Party is idiotic. I will own that. <laughs> right? I will own that. You will never make me feel bad about not voting for these fascist motherfuckers. That's just what it is. But um, yeah, man. I done ran my mouth for quite a bit. And it's time for me to get on up out of here. But of course, before we do that, I do have to remind you guys how to get in touch with us over here at the Mr. Span Official Podcast. 
and let your voice be heard. You can go ahead and hit us up at our hotline at area code 313-288-0485. That's area code 313-288-0485. You can go ahead and leave us those voicemail messages. Those messages will get played here live on the show and responded to in kind. You can also email us here at feedback at the spanreport.com. That's feedback at the spanreport.com. Go ahead, leave us those emails. And of course, those emails will get read here and replied to here live as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My name on both of those platforms is Mr. Underscore Span. So you can go ahead, follow me there throughout the week. You can also follow me on Twitter, man. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Facebook. Uh, you can follow the Mr. Span on Facebook, man. So uh, I've, I've been trying to uh, be more active with that page, man. But so Mr. Span on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, man. Real talk. So uh, you can chop it up with me in all three of those ways. Uh, give us a five star view on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio and Spotify. Because you can do this five-star review on Spotify. And those five-star reviews are the ones that get right here live on the show. Uh, we really appreciate everybody who goes about the business of doing that. doesn't cost you a dime. Just a couple minutes of your time. So let everybody know why you're rocking with us over here. The Mr. Span Official Podcast and the Spanport Podcast Network. Uh, also, hit us up at our website at www.thespanreport.com. You can go there. You can watch replays of the show. Uh, you can vote in the polls when we decide to put those polls up. You can donate to the show as often as you like, as much as you like. And, of course, we really do appreciate every dime over here at the Span Report Podcast Network and the Mr. Span Official Podcast specifically, man, real talk. But I am about to get on the out of here. I appreciate everybody who uh, watched the show live, and I appreciate everybody who's going to watch the show later. And for those of you who are going to listen to the audio only, right, I appreciate all of y'all, man, real talk. And I hope to hear from you guys soon. Uh, but also, man, until next time, peace. <laughs>